0: the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. James chapter 1. Begin reading at verse 2. He says, My brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8 says, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You can be seated. Are you being seated? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this time that we have together. We believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We believe it in this house and we believe it over the airwaves. Those who are watching from home and all over this world, God, we thank you for the audience that we have today, but we thank you more so for your presence felt in this place. And we thank you, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight for you are my strength and my redeemer. Open our ears. Open our hearts, let us hear you today. What you got to say in Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to talk about I am pulling myself together. I am, am pulling myself together. Last week, I got up and in, in, in preparing to come to church, I had a thought. It's like the Holy Spirit was, you know when you know he's speaking to you. And um, I had this thought. And it was on what I'm talking about this morning, and, and I didn't, I, you know, I, I made a note in my mind about it. And I came to worship service. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to worship. I know pastor's going to have a great word. I know the worship is going to be awesome. And um, while we were worshiping, I was standing over here, and Pastor leaned over to me. I didn't know. And he said, um, I'll take growth track next week, and you preach next week. And I said, sure. And then I knew why the Holy Spirit had given me what he had given me that morning, earlier that morning. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today and pray that the Holy Spirit breaks us down inside of each of us, that we can receive what he has for us today. Brothers and sisters, it is so much scriptural evidence that um, God has for us in his word pertaining to you and I, and everyone that came before us, everyone that will come after us, it's, it's no secret. It's simple and plain. We were born in sin. We were lost in need of a Savior. And I love it because some of us, you know, we had the privilege of being brought up in church, saved early, didn't necessarily live a perfect life. However, you were able to bypass Many of the sins of the flesh and sins of the soul, there's a difference. The word says that sin is simply lawlessness. It's when you break the the commands that God has given us in his word. It's not that God is trying to restrain us from anything. More so, God is trying to protect us. And he's given us parameters by which to live, that if we live by them, we'll live the blessed life. But for those of you who were brought up in church, you didn't get caught up in Sins of the flesh, sins of the soul. Sins of the flesh It's one thing, but sins of the soul is a whole ball game. because when you get involved in fornication, adultery, those are sins of the soul, which when your soul intermingles with someone else's soul illegally, according to the word of the Lord. And some of you bypassed that, but some of us, we didn't get to bypass that. Others of us in this very room, we got caught up in a variety pack of sins. And what I've discovered is no matter which one you are, this is what the scripture says about all of us. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short. The glory of God. I remember when I was lead pastoring, I had an elderly lady come and joined my church. She was a true evangelist. I had, To this day, I've run into many folks who take on the titles and you know, the title-driven generation of people. I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher, I'm I'm this and that. And this lady said, I'm an evangelist, but I've never seen no one. like. She was 70-something years old when she joined my church. When I say she rode down the street and saw someone walking down the street, she'd pull over. She'd have a conversation with them. Didn't matter who they were, what color they were how bad they looked, she pulled over and said, hey, young lady, come here, let me talk to you. She, she was a true evangelist. I let her preach one day, and I remember she preached from Romans 3.23, and she said, the Bible says all have sinned, past tense, saints. It don't mean that you're still sinning. I said, I like that. And David taught us in Psalm 51, you know David, the one that committed murder, committed adultery. David, you know, took Bathsheba, you know, um, um, um committed adultery with her, had Uriah put on the front line, Uriah's murdered. David, when Nathan shows up and he says, David, you are that man. David comes to a place of a broken spirit and a contrite heart in Psalm 51. And David says this, watch this. He says in the word of God, Psalm 51, he says, he says, purge me with hyssop, I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit. Don't take your joy away from me, Lord. But he comes to verse 5, and he says this. He says, behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I begin to deal with that thing because this phrase, shapen in iniquity, I believe it refers to all of us, even though David was talking about himself. And I read somewhere where theologians had threw some thoughts out there that when David made this statement, maybe David was a, a, a byproduct of an adulterous relationship. We don't know, but David makes this statement, and it applies to us. We listen what he says. He said, "He says I was shaping in an iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me." I looked up this phrase, "shaping in an iniquity," and you know what I found? It gave me the, the image of a pretzel, and it, it was like you're born twisted. It's an, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, we're born into a world twisted. Yeah, you and I, every single one of us, everyone that's watching over the airwaves, we're born twisted. Listen to this. There's some of us here that have a propensity and a proclivity to, to certain sins because of who your mama them was, who your daddy them was, who your Your granddaddy and your your great-great-grandmama and your great-great-great-granddaddy and your great-great-great-great, yeah, based on what they did and because they didn't kill it in their generation, here you are today, you're dealing with it because it was passed down through the lineage and your ancestry and and it's become a generational curse. You didn't ask for it, but you got to deal with it. And I want somebody in this room to know today that if you're dealing with generational things that have passed down, if you don't deal with it in your generation, it's going to continue to pass down. That's why we got to thank God for Jesus. Somebody need to shout that, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Nick at night. When I was coming along, it was Nick, 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 Nick. Nick. Thank God that Nicodemus came by night to Christ, and he comes to Jesus, and Jesus begins to tell Nicodemus, you must be born again. In other words, Nicodemus, I understand your proclivity, your propensity, I understand all of that, but if you come to me, hmm. I'm able to redo your DNA. I'm able to redo your genealogy. It don't matter what your grandmama and them and your mom and them did and everybody else did. All that is a blast from the past. But I'm able to redo everything about you and make you new. Somebody need to give God a praise for that. The truth of the matter is all of us as Christians on different planes, different levels, different maturity levels. It's not that anyone is any better than any other. We're all sinners in need of grace and Jesus, and, and praise God, we confessed and we believed, and, and Jesus saved us, and our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes sin, our old previous sins in particular, like cancer that went dormant. You know, cancer can go dormant, right? An individual had it, it goes dormant. It's not that it's fully gone. Some people live the rest of their lives, I believe, by the healing virtue of Jesus. But there's some people it comes back again. One day, many days ahead after salvation, you stop doing what you used to do, but they come back knocking. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about this, but sometimes what you used to do and who you used to be comes back. comes back knocking at your door. And this is a problem because if you don't do what Galatians 5, 16 says, 17 says, it says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh for the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. If you don't do what the scripture says, and listen to me, this is basically what it's saying, whoever you feed the most in your life is going to win. If you feed your flesh... Your flesh is going to win. But if you feed the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will be dominant in your life. And the Spirit of God will help you win and be victorious in this life that we live. It's not that you won't be tempted and let's set the record straight, church. Temptation is not sin. We all will be tempted. But I grew up in an old school Baptist church, and those old school Baptist mothers would pull out that red hymnal and they begin to sing a song that said, "Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. It's when we yield to the temptation that it becomes sin. But it's not temptation that is sin. We're all are tempted, but when we're tempted, we got to learn to cast those thoughts down. But this is where I'm at right now because James wants to deal with this and help us all. If we read on down. A little further in chapter 1, let's leave verses 2 through 8 for a moment and let's move down to verse 21. We find James at verse 21 saying, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul." When I got saved church I I I was reading the Bible greatly I was I was just constantly reading and reading and reading, and I was reading through, and you know, some, when, you, when you first start, you read just to read, but then you grow a passion for the Word of God, and you understand the Word is a lamp unto your feet, and a light unto your path, and there's no other way but the Word of God is going to give us strength. How shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to what the Word of God, so, so the Word of God was growing inside of me, and, and I was reading this text, and the Holy Spirit said, do you understand what you're reading? And I said, yeah, Lord, it's the Word. He said, what does it mean? I said, well, it says Lay aside. Filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and received with meekness the implanted, the engrafted word. He said, what does it mean? I said, um, filthiness, superfluity. He said, study it. So I begin to study this text. When I begin to study this text, the word filthiness, the first thing he throws out is dirtiness morally. He says, lay aside all dirtiness morally then as Pastor Evan would say, here's a $20 word, superfluity. But I'm going to give it to you for free, all right? He says, lay aside superfluity of naughtiness. And I said, okay, what does this mean? I looked into the Greek, and this is what I found. Superfluity means residue from your previous life. I said, Lord, you mean to tell me that there's a residue from who I used to be? God said, yeah, you need to deal with him Ladies, you need to deal with her, who you used to be. Nobody wants to talk about this, but every now and then, who you used to be can be an Achilles heel that will. Hey, do you remember me? We used to have fun together. And I remember being raised in an old school church pastor, and I remember we had this preacher getting up preaching and saying, oh, when I was a sinner, I hated sin. I, I hated what I did. I say, he lying. Man, when I was a sinner, I was enjoying everything I did. Come on, saints of God, let's be real. It wasn't until I accepted Christ in my heart that I saw how messed up I was. Then I began to understand I got to love the things that God loves and let the things break my heart that breaks God's heart. And sin breaks the heart of God, amen, when we commit it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. got to move on, but but I discovered that if you deal with some people, you deal with some people long enough, not everybody, but some people, some of us, we got different faces. Yeah, we got different faces. I, I remember one pastor that I was listening to preach one day, they were in a, a Pentecostal charismatic church, and the and, and church was going crazy, you know how they say we were we were swinging on the chandeliers, tossing babies and all that stuff. And, and, <laughs> and he said, he said, he said, uh, he, he got up and the church was, you know, in an uproar and the spirit was high. And they was like, we love you. And he said, I love you back. And somebody else said, we love you. And he said, I, I, I received that. He said, but you really don't know me. He said, you love my gift. He said, if you really knew me, you might not like me. And that's true about every single one of us in here. I can see you in church, but I don't know how you are outside of church. Some of you I made, but not everybody. Amen. But if you could see the real person, you might not like everything about that real person. Amen somebody, but I found that if you 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 deal with some folks long enough, you'll find that they have different faces, different personalities. My wife and I got this 24-7 channel we can watch, and we can put it on Hulk and watch it all day long. My son came in the room, and he was like, what is that? I said, it's incredible, Hulk. I said, you used to this new age stuff, this new Hulk stuff. That's what we grew up on. eh? How many grew up on this right here? That's what we grew up on. Amen. That was real TV back then. Amen. Amen. But ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Bruce Banner. This is is a picture of Bruce Banner, David Banner, whatever you want to call him. That's who he is. Amen. This is a picture of Bruce. The problem with Bruce is Bruce had a problem. Bruce and his wife were driving along one day, had a car wreck. His wife was trapped in the car. He couldn't get her out. So he decided as a scientist to go in the lab, introduce to his body some gamma radiation. He thought nothing changed. But one day when he got angry, one day when he got mad, he found out that he had an alter ego named the Incredible Hulk. This is Bruce. Huh. This is the Hulk. The problem with him is, look at them when they're split. That's how I believe spiritually some of us are in the body of Christ. I see you here, and you look good. Praise God. But how are you? Outside of church. And what I really believe, I had this in my, my heart last Sunday morning. God has an anointing in this room today to help us rid ourselves of our alter egos. And, and, and I'm talking to some real folks in this room. The struggle is real because there, 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 there's a struggle between the new you who Christ has made you and the old you that God saved and delivered you from. But he keeps showing up. She, she keeps showing up, knocking at your door. And this is what the Bible says in Second Corinthians five seventeen. It says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he, she is a new creation. Old things are what passed away. All things have become new. There's freedom for the believer from everything your flesh wants you to do. But I discovered some things are caught two ways. Some things are caught physiologically. Physiologically deals with physiology. Physiology deals with biology. Biology deals with DNA. It's some stuff, as we've already discussed, is passed down to you through the generations. You don't know why you got a proclivity to certain things, but if you go back down the line and ask your mama about somebody, ask your daddy about somebody that came before them, you'll find out that they struggled with it too. Not only are some things caught physiologically, but some things are caught psychologically. Psychologically deals with psychology, which deals with the mental capacity of you, which deals with the mind. Some things, watch this, you thought yourself into. When I said you don't yield to temptation, the temptation came in your mind. You thought about it long enough. You didn't rebuke it. You didn't cast it out. You embraced it. Curiosity kills the cat. So you got caught playing with thoughts. And then you got caught psychologically with some strongholds, physiologically with some strongholds. But God wants you to know in this place that no matter which one you are, Jesus is able to break everything that tries to keep you bound. Amen. That's why the word of God says, whom the Son has set free is what? Truly free indeed. Hallelujah. Now listen, church. What I've discovered is we all are like Bruce Banner and that he was faced with circumstance that made him make a decision. But that decision led him to a place where he had to tell everybody from that point on, don't make me angry. You won't like me. When I'm angry. (laughs) That's what he had to tell folks from that on. Don't make me angry. And sometimes circumstances in life will make you make drastic decisions. But I'm here to tell you, don't be like Bruce. Be like Christ. Because this is what the Word of God says in 1 Peter 2 and 9 about you and I. It says that we are a a, a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That's what the Word of God says about you. As a matter of fact, you need to preach with me today. Touch yourself and say, I am a chosen generation. Touch yourself and say, I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am God's own special people. Amen. That's what the Word of God says about us. And I know before anybody gets superficial in this place today and say, well, preacher, I thank you for the word, but that's not me. You know, I'm past all of that. What is your Achilles here? We all have something that we struggle with. What is it today? Some of you may be dealing with porn addiction. Some of you may be dealing with sexual issues, sexual sins. Some of you may be caught up in homosexual lifestyles and things of that nature and, and nobody wants to really deal with you about it. I'm here to tell you Jesus wants to talk to you about it. Hallelujah. I see this face of you, but how do you act three minutes when you walk out of the church and get in your car? Do you change faces? Did you and your spouse fuss all the way to church and when you got out the cars, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Then, when you got back in the car, y'all went back at it again? Amen. Been there, done that. Praise God. Husbands, how do you treat your wives at home? When nobody's watching. Children, are you rebellious against your parents? When nobody sees but you and them, wives? Are you nagging your husbands? Book of Proverbs says a man rather sit on the housetop with all the inclement weather than sit in the house with a contentious wife. Sleet, hail, snow, everything. <laughs> we'll find peace with that. The sitting in the house with a wife. Nah, nah, nah. That's all we hear sometimes. Nah, 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 nah. Y'all, husbands gonna go home and start doing that. Nyah, nyah, nyah. <laughs> now, when your wife slap you, don't say it was my fault. All right. <laughs> now, 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 back to this. Back, watch this. Watch this. Early, early, in the text, James chapter one, verses two through eight. Watch what James says. He says, he says, verse two: Brother, encounter all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Watch this, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6 says, through 8, watch this, but let him ask in faith, not doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the winds. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, verses 2 through 4 deals with trials and the testing of our faith. Verse 5 deals with what you need to do when you're dealing with trials and the testing of your faith. You need to ask God for wisdom. We're talking about godly wisdom. That's what he's talking about. But verses 6 through 8 deals with the attitude of faith that we must have in order to receive from God. And I discovered something in this text to add further validity to the subject that we're dealing with today. He says, verse 6, but let him ask in faith, not doubting. I love this. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed with the wind, but let not that man, verse 7, suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. I was reading this back in the days when I... And this is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, do you understand what you're reading? I said, yeah. He said, what does it mean? I said, oh, okay. He said, study it. I got to verse 8. He says, he is a double-minded man. I looked it up in the Greek, and it gave me the word schizophrenic. Can I suggest to us today that spiritually some of us are schizophrenic? We got two faces. We act one way, and we act another way at the same time. We talk in faith. And listen, the Bible says bitter and sweet water can't come out of the same fountain. Amen. Either you're going to be one or you're going to be the other. Hallelujah, somebody. Spiritual schizophrenia, split personality. Have you ever felt like banner, hope? Banner, hope. Have you ever felt like, man, I got all the faith in the world, but then on another day, it's like you feel like you're another being. And what we got to understand in the Word is we are ambassadors for Christ. We're representatives of his kingdom. How do you act when you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off? I was driving not too long ago, and I hope they're not members of this church. (laughs) It wasn't a bad thing. Girl backed into my wife's car, tore it to pieces, boy. Parking lot. Praise God for insurance. I didn't get mad. I got joked pretty bad. I didn't get mad. I just jumped out and I said, Are oh, you okay? I didn't see you. How would you have acted? What would you have done? Amen. Sometimes we find out we make treasures out of things that shouldn't be treasures. If I'm going to treasure anything, it's going to be my relationship with Jesus. If I'm going to treasure anything, amen, I understand that there's an anointing on my life, and that's what I'm going to value. And what Satan is after is, brothers, not your good looks. It's not that you all that. (laughs) Can I talk real in this place? He's after your anointing. Amen. Amen. We're ambassadors. We're representatives, but do you show split personalities? Listen to what he says, Paul says. Paul, I believe, as I get ready to close, was dealing with this, and and Paul wants us to see some things. In Romans chapter 7, the apostle Paul, from his own personal life, began to break down Romans 7, 14 through 25. Listen to what he says. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, I do not practice. But what I hate, I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree that the law is good. But it is now no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells in my flesh. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, somebody. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not, but the evil I will not to do that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me, I find then this law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And then I love verse 24 because I found myself at this place at many different intervals in my life. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? <laughs> I love this. Watch this. Listen to what he says. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Verse 24, verse 25. I thank God through Christ Jesus. And what Jesus is here to do today, he's here to try to pull you back together again. Amen. I know I said in my topic I am pulling myself back together, but I'm here to tell you that you got to come to the end of yourself and you got to start letting Jesus do it. Because when you put effort forth, you find yourself going back over and over and over again but when you come to the end of yourself and die and say, Lord, I've tried everything else and it has failed, but now, Lord, I'm going to depend on you. Help me, Jesus. I've always said this, my mama taught me a long time ago, call on the name of Jesus, and Jesus will, come on somebody, he will deliver you, he will save you, he will set the captive free, but you got to call on his name, hallelujah somebody, and I don't know who I'm talking to in this room, but you found yourself just like Bruce Banner. Just like many other Christians in this world, you got spiritual schizophrenia, amen, different personalities. I don't know who I'm meeting today. Some days you meet Terrence. Some days you may meet Hulk. Amen, somebody. Some days I may meet you. Some days I may meet somebody else, your alter ego. But God says, I want to pull you back together so that you're whole, so that you're complete, so that nothing's missing and nothing's broken in your life. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. I love this. I love this because there's an old fable we used to say when we were young Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All and all couldn't. It reminds me of Jesus. And Peter, James, and John on the mountain of transfiguration, they went up on the top, and Moses and Elijah shows up, and, and, and they, they, they had this mountaintop experience, and when they came back down to the valley, there was a man there with a son who was a demoniac, and, and, and he said, I brought him to your disciples. And they couldn't cast him out. Sometimes the king's horses and the king's men can't do anything, but thank God this man knew who to talk to. Amen, somebody. I thank God that we're a Pentecostal church and we believe in the power of laying hands and anointing, slapping some arm on your head and in the name. I know we don't do that, Pastor, but I've seen folks try that. I was in a church one time and the pastor was slapping folks. I said, I wish he would. I'm going to lay my legend down. (laughs) I'm just joking, Pastor. (laughs) Come and slap me all you want to. You better touch me. Just touch me with a finger. Don't come. Yeah, I'm going to fall if you slap me. Amen. (laughs) We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power of laying on hands. But but if it don't work, amen, you got to learn to call on the name of Jesus yourself. This man said, I brought him to the king's horses and the king's men, and they couldn't put my son back together again. But when when he got to Jesus, Jesus says, bring him to me. Oh, glory to God. I feel the anointing of God. There's somebody in this house, you've been split with some things, and Jesus is saying, come to me. I'll put you back together. I'll put all the pieces back inside of you and everything that's been broken and everything that's been missing. Jesus is saying, come, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you the rest that you need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet with me today. And listen, brothers and sisters, I don't know who you are in this room, but this is what I do know. I don't care where you come from, what your situation is. This is what I do know. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for for by grace, we all need grace. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, that any man should boast. And praise God, Jesus is not standing here judging you. Jesus is standing here right now loving on you. And he says, come to me. Yeah. You've been dealing with those split personality issues. Some days you're this person, some days you're that person, but Jesus says, Come to me. Those of you watching live stream, Jesus is saying, Come to me. Come to me. I know you've tried this, you've tried that, you've tried everything, it's failed, but come to me. He's that still small voice. He's saying, Just, just come, come to me. I'll make you whole, I'll make you complete. Some of you find yourselves just like Paul in Romans 7 that which I want to do. I don't do that which I don't want to do. I find myself doing. Jesus says, come to me. I don't know who you are, but maybe you need to step out of aisle and come down to this altar. There's an anointing in this room today to pull you back together again. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are nine o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.